Hello and welcome to True to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. Thanks for joining us for this lesson in the book of Ephesians. In today's lesson, we're going to be looking at the start of chapter 2. And as we look at it, we're going to see the gospel message as well as some of the most popular verses in the Bible. We're also going to see who we were and who we are now. And hopefully, as we look at this, we can see that our sin and who we are as a whole can point us to the grace of God and help us to understand on a daily basis His great love for us. Well, thanks again for joining us. We hope that you enjoy this lesson. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 9 is what we're going to be going through today. Uh, and I call this Reunited Part 1 because the next two weeks we're going to be going through the uh, whole chapter of chapter 2. Ephesians Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to be talking about how uh, we are reunited or how we can... It's, it's, I call it reunited because the first one talks all about... The first like nine verses talk all about salvation and who we were and who we are now and how we're reunited with Christ in that way. Uh, because of His death and resurrection, we can have that reunited, if you will, by faith through grace, uh, or by grace through faith. And then 10 starts talking about how we as a church are His, his masterpiece and how Jews and Gentiles come together as a part of that masterpiece, as part of that plan. So, reunited part one. Today we're going to be looking at the salvation aspect of reunited, and then next week we're going to be looking at sanctification and being reunited in that way. So, let's read it, uh, and then we'll get going. Verse one says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedient. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging in desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come he might show us the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus for by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves it is a gift of God not as a result of works so no one will boast let's pray dear God we just come before you and thank you for the state you've given to us pray that we would walk in the spirit and that um, as we look at this passage, you show us what we want or what you want uh, for us to do, whether that's encouraging us or convicting us as needed, God. Um, pray that you work. We love you, God, and we pray all this through Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so Paul starts out chapter 2 with this great salvation story. Okay? We've been looking at how who we are in Christ, and we've been looking at um, the body of Christ and who they are and a little bit of individuals. If you guys remember, we had those blessings. We're blessed with the Holy Spirit. We're blessed as a church being chosen before the foundation of the world to be blameless and holy. And here he starts with this salvation message which we're going to talk about today. And, you know, I know most of you guys, or I know all of you guys in here, and we might be, um, already have put our faith in Jesus Christ for eternal life, but I think this is important to realize, and it's important for these guys to realize too because Paul's not talking to unbelievers. Okay, and sometimes we look at like Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and we're like, oh, that's for unbelievers. For by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves. Okay, but it says for by grace you have been, you already have been. He's talking to the church that already has been saved. So he's, he's telling them all this stuff, um, and they're believers. So it's important for us as well to look at this and say, hey, 
Um, we need to see the grace of God in our daily lives. We need to remember the grace of God in our daily lives. And that's why Paul goes through and says, here's who you were, here's who you are, here's how you got there, and it's not because of you. And we need to realize that grace because once we start serving, which he's going to talk about at the end of chapter 2, or the middle to end, once we start serving, we can get prideful and think we're doing all this on our own. And a lot of people do that even today with salvation and sanctification. They say, hey, we're doing it. It's all us. It's all us. But no, it all starts with God. It all comes from God and it all comes from His love. The opportunity to serve Him, like I say a lot, the opportunity to serve God is by grace. Okay, Salvation in and of itself is all grace. And then the opportunity even to serve Him is from grace. Even though we have to do things to earn rewards and stuff like that, and there's certain like benefits from doing stuff, the opportunity to do that stuff is by grace. Meaning that it's unmerited or it's undeserved favor. Okay, so that's what we're going to look at. In the Old Testament, anybody could be saved, but only the Jews were near God. Okay, where did God abide um, from like Moses on? Well, yeah, the nation of Israel. Right? They, they had the tabernacle in the wilderness. You remember that? And then Solomon built the temple. Remember? David wanted to build a temple, but um, God was like, no, Solomon's going to build it. And so God resided with Israel. If you wanted to be near God, you went to Israel. You became a Jew. Rahab, okay, Ruth, those kind of people, they became Jews so they could be near God. Okay? If you were outside of the Jewish nation, you could still be saved, right? But you couldn't be near God in the same way. And you couldn't serve Him in the same way. Who served God um, as priests? The Levites, which are Israelites, right? Israel served God in that way. Who, we already talked about this a couple weeks ago, but who was the light to the nations? Israel. That doesn't mean nobody could ever um, you know, share the gospel or anything like that, but they were the ones. They was all through them. And now, in our age, it's not. It's through the church. Okay? Not that we've taken the place of Israel because we haven't. Okay? But right now, we are the torch, the light, the ambassadors, 2 Corinthians, for Christ. And we can be near God. James 4.8 says draw near to God and he will draw near you and we have the Holy Spirit in us. So Paul's trying to relay all this to him. He's saying, hey, listen, as a church we are blessed because we have this nearness with God that no other Gentile has ever had. No other Gentile has ever had that. Okay, Unless they became a Jew like Rahab did or like Ruth did. You, you weren't a part of that. You, weren't a, you didn't have that closeness with God Okay, once Israel began in that dispensation. So that's what he's talking about here. And as we look at part one of being reunited, okay, we're going to look at three things. We're going to look at the hopeless sinner, okay, because that's who we are. Then he's going to, we're going to look at the loving God, because that's what changed it. And then we're going to look at the worthless gifts, which is 2, 8, and 9, which you guys know really well. Okay, so first is the hopeless sinner, verse 1 through 3. Read it again. It says, And you were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of power of the air, the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we... Two, all were formerly lived in the lust of the flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even like the rest. So he starts out chapter 2, and we already saw this in chapter 1 a little bit, but he was saying in chapter 1, we and you, we and you, we, general, church, okay, us, believers, general, and a lot of times specifically church, I think, and then you, specifically you, even though that may apply to everyone, he's wanting them to understand it's you. Okay, when he said the Holy Spirit, when he talked about that in verse 13 of chapter 1, he said you. He changed from we to you to make sure that every believer understood that they have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. With them. They have the power of God in them, right? And we talked about that. This week, he wants every individual person in the church who has been saved to understand that they were dead 
in their trespasses and sins. They were dead. Okay? He wants all of us to understand that. We're dead. Okay? So we're dead. Now when we think of dead, here's what I want us to think of. I want us to think of the word separated. Separated. Okay? Because in the Bible, that's what death is. Okay? When Adam sinned, he died, right? Immediately. Did he die immediately? He did. He was separated. The fellowship between him and God was separated. And he died immediately. Spiritually, we'd call that a spiritual death, right? But the reason it's a spiritual death is because spiritually you're separated from God, right? When you die physically, what is separated? Your body from your spirit, right? That's what's separated because your spirit goes to be with Jesus and your body's in the ground till the resurrection. Then your body and spirit are reunited, right? So it's a separation. Okay, when Jesus died on the cross... Okay, his spiritual death was a separation from the Father, which has never happened. Okay, and then he was reunited. So, all that to say, when you're thinking of death here, think, think about separation. Okay, and you were dead, okay, separated from God, dead, completely dead, because we are dead. Without God, we're nothing, right? We're dead. Without God, separated from God, we are dead. And he says, okay, you're without God, you're dead, you're separated in your trespasses and sins. Okay, in Adam... Everybody died, right? Okay, and Adam, when Adam sinned, all of us were dead, separated from God because we have the seed of Adam in us, okay? One thing that I think of when I think of separated, okay, the parent trap, I watched the really old one a long time ago. Um, and, you know, I'm not like that in the parent trap or anything, but a lot of girls are. Um, and some other people are probably. But this is the new one, and I watched it, I think, the other day. Did I watch it with you, Jillian? I watched it with Jillian. Uh, but they were, they were separated like their whole life, right? And then they were reunited, okay? Their relationship for all those years was dead. They didn't even know each other, right? It was dead. And then they were reunited, okay? And they were made alive in a way. That relationship was made alive. Not that their physical body was dead, but they were separated and they were dead in that relationship. And that's what Paul's talking about here, okay? You're dead in those trespasses and sins. The sins of Adam and the sins of yourself... Okay, we, we don't just put the blame on Adam and say it's just all Adam's fault. His sin made me separated. It did, but it's because you sinned too. Okay, we are sinners. We are inherently sinners. We are inherently evil and inherently separated from God. Okay, and he goes on to say that in verse 2. Look at it. It says, in which you formerly walked, meaning that you were actually carrying out the sinful things that were happening. Okay, it's not just like, oh, sin is imputed to your account. It is, but that's not all. You're walking in them. You're formally walking in them. But he says... Uh, you formerly walked in them. Okay, according to the course of the world, the world system, according to the prince of the power of the air, that's Satan. Okay, we're following Satan's ways. We're following the world's ways of the spirits that are now working in the sons of disobedience, the people that are now the sons of disobedience. That's what you're walking in. That's, what, that's who you were. You were that person walking in that sinful way. Among them, we, everybody, he, he clarifies here, hey, it's not just you church of Ephesus. We, everybody, everybody formerly lived that way. According to the lusts of our flesh. Okay, we were lustful. We were, we were sinners. And we indulge, which means we just practice without um, care or... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, without self-control. Sins. Okay, you indulge in them. Okay, it's like if you're indulging in, in like donuts or something. It's like, hey, I got a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. And if I'm showing self-control, I'll eat like one or two, Right? Or maybe three. But then I start indulging, right? And I eat four and five and six and seven and eight and nine and ten and twelve. And then I'm like, can you get me another dozen? Okay, that's what indulging is. 
And he says we're indulging in the desires of the flesh. That's sin, right? When he's talking about flesh there, he's talking about our sinful nature. We're indulging in that. We're going after it, going after it, going after it. And by nature, because of Adam's sin and because of our sin, by nature we were children of wrath. Okay, we were children of wrath. That means that we, by nature, were the ones who are going to receive God's wrath. Okay, by nature, sinners receive the wrath of God because of His justice. All right, and so this is who we are. Okay, it's, I'm sad Molly left because now she just thinks we're all sinners, right? And she doesn't get to the good news part. Okay, but that's what's next is the good news part. Okay, we indulge, we're lustful, we're sinners. Okay, and that's who we are. And Paul wants them to recognize that because if we don't recognize that we are like that, then we won't see how great and awesome God's grace is. Okay, we won't. If we ignore sin completely and say it's not a big deal, then we're not going to realize the grace of God because he, he paid for it all and he covers it all. And he gives it, and that's what he says next. Uh, next is the loving God in verses uh, 4 through 7. It says 1 through 3, but it's supposed to be 4 through 7. It says, But God, okay, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions and sins, made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved, and raised up with him and seated with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come He might show His surpassing riches of His grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So now we see the loving God. Um, you guys know Captain America and Bucky, the story um, of this. Maybe, maybe not. But basically, I, yeah, she's seen it. Okay. So this guy used to be Captain America's best friend, right? And uh, then he comes into the scene and He's been like uh, made like part robot or something crazy like that. But anyway, he's like fighting against Captain America. And Captain America's like, no, you're my friend. I love you. Don't do this. And Captain America basically lets this guy beat him up. Right? Almost kill him. Because he loves Bucky. Well, guess what? God did let us kill him. God let us kill him because he loved us. That's Jesus, right? And it says, but God. I love when the Bible says, but God, because it shows a contrast. Okay, we are such sinners and so indulgent in sin. But God, being rich or wealthy in mercy and kindness, because of His great love, okay, Romans 5 eight in this, or God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. Christ didn't come and die for people that loved Him. God didn't come die for people that loved Him. God meaning Jesus. Didn't come die for people that loved Him or that were doing good things for Him. And this is love not that we love God, but that He loved us. And that's what Paul's getting at. You know, he's saying, hey, you guys are a bunch of sinners. Horrible, horrible sinners. By nature, because of Adam, and by what you're doing, the way you're walking according to the lust of the flesh. You're all sinners. But God loved us literally so much. He was so wealthy in kindness and in mercy and in love for us. So rich in that. Okay, that He came and He died for us. Okay, and that's what verse 5 says. Even while we were dead in our transgressions, He made us alive together with Christ. Well, how did He do that? The gospel, right? That's how He did that, right? Christ came, died, paying for our sins, paying for the sins of the entire world, 
was buried and three days later rose again, conquering death. We all know that. Okay, we understand that. But Paul, even though he's writing to a church of believers, says all this, and then at the end of verse 5, throws it in again. Hey, by grace you were saved. Not because of you. Remember who you are? You're a horrible person. You're a horrible person. But God loved you. And by grace you have been saved. There's nothing that you can do to get it. And then he, he talks about three things. First one is he raised us up with Christ. Okay, and that's from verse 6. He raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Okay, He raised us up, resurrected to a new life. He seats us with Him. Okay, positionally, we are Jesus. We talked about this uh, last week. The church, who's the leader of the church? Jesus, He's the head of the church, right? Positionally, we are His. We are seated with Him. Where is He at? Right hand of the throne of God, right? He's right hand of God. So we are with Him positionally, okay? And then, if you keep going on, he says, so that in the ages to come, he might show us the surpassing riches, there it, is, there it is again, the wealth, the riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Again, he loves us so much that he wants to show in the later times, okay, which would be like the kingdom, right, the eternal state, things like that in the later days, he wants to show his kindness in us in Christ. He wants to show that kindness towards us that he shows towards us to everybody. Okay, we're kind of like an Ebenezer. Okay, you guys, an Ebenezer is like a memorial stone that people would set up to remember things. Okay, and the church is kind of like an Ebenezer for all the people to see. Hey, God loves everyone. He loves the entire world. He shows his grace to everyone. And we're that Ebenezer to show God's grace and his love to everyone. Okay, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So then in verse 8, okay, this is the most popular, some of the most popular verses in the Bible here. Um, we all know it. Most of you probably have it memorized. Okay, for by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, so no one will boast. So he says for, referring back to everything that he's been talking about, okay. He says for, everything that we've been talking about, okay, I'm going to sum it all up in 8 and 9. That's what Paul says, okay. For, all this stuff, okay, by grace you have been saved through faith. Now, Here's what, here's what I want you, one thing, that, there's a lot of things we're going to talk about, but one thing that I want you to realize, when he's summing everything up, he doesn't talk about how bad you are. Okay? That's not what he wants you to remember. Okay? You need to remember that, because why? So that we see how much God loves us. The focus should be on God, and God's greatness, and not just grace and his love. So like, practical example, I sin. Okay? And if all I do is focus on my sin, and I'm like, God, please forgive me for this sin. You know, I, I confess that sin to you. Okay? He's forgiven me, but if all I focus on that sin, what's going to happen? I'm going to have guilt, shame, and all this stuff that I shouldn't have because God's already forgiven me, right? Okay? But if I sin, confess it, and then focus on how great God is, that He covered that sin, and that sin is forgiven, and I can, not, I can still be in fellowship with Him and all this stuff, okay? I'm, not, I'm not riddled in shame. Instead, I'm praising God for what He's done in my life. You know what I mean? So it's like a practical example of I think what Paul is kind of getting at here. He's like, hey, you've got to know who you are. You've got to know that you're a sinner and you're a horrible person. But let that turn your focus to 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved. For by grace you have been saved. Grace is unmerited favor or getting something that you don't deserve. We don't deserve salvation. Okay, we don't. Why? Because we have an inherent sin and because we walk in sin. So we don't deserve it. But by grace, you have been saved. 
Okay, through faith. Believe in Jesus for eternal life, that's all. That's it, by faith. Okay, for grace, you've been saved through faith. And he wants to reiterate, not of yourselves, it's a gift. Okay, not of yourself, it's a gift of God. Okay, and then he says it again, just to make sure it's important. Not a result of works. Why? What are the works of us? What are our works? Okay, but what does he say in, in verses 1 through 3? What are we walking in? What are our works? Sin. They're sin. They're, just, they're indulging in lusts and transgressions and sins. That's our work. So if our works, that, I mean, if we say, you know, my work's going to get me into heaven, that is your works. That's what they are. That's who we are. Okay, but by grace, okay, we can have other works. By grace, we can do other things. By grace, we're saved and we have this gift of salvation. It's not of your work. Okay? You can't do it. We can't do it. And Paul wants to make sure this church who already has believers in it, they understand that. Okay, the summary of what Paul is saying is God's great. He's loving because you can't uh, be made alive by without Him. He loved you so much. So, He saved you. Okay? And now we're not saying that He saved us as in He picked certain people to be saved and He picked others not to be saved. He saved you because He's the only one that could pay for your sins. And He paid for that, giving everybody the opportunity to believe. So as Peter says that He's not willing that anyone should perish. Okay? Solomon actually says in the Old Testament that he doesn't even want anybody to die. He doesn't even want anybody to die. He wants everybody to have this gift of salvation by grace through faith. Okay, so what's the whole point? Okay, salvation, uh, it's a free gift. Okay, it's a free gift free of charge, and um, we'll see soon. Like I said earlier, so is the opportunity to serve Him and be a part of the church. And that's a gift. Although we have to do things to earn rewards, rewards are not a gift, but the opportunity to earn rewards, we don't deserve that. That's, not a, that's, a, gift. that's a gift. Okay? Um, so here's the whole point, I think, or a couple points. Don't be prideful. Okay? Recognize who you are. Okay? Recognize that you're a sinner, but only enough to point you to grace. To say, hey, God is so good. He is so great because I am so sinful. Okay? Don't focus on your sin and the fact that you just wallow around like a pig in mud in your sin and shame. Like, that's not what God wants for you. That's not what Paul is trying to get him at. He's trying to point them to God. Point them to His grace. And that's what we should be doing too. And when we see our own sin, confess it, and then, man, praise God for that He forgives you right then and you can be back in fellowship with Him. Right? Um... So don't be prideful and think, hey, I'm good. I got, my, I got these good deeds. I'm doing good things for God. And don't wallow around in your sin. And then share the good news. Okay? He's telling this to believers. Okay? He's saying all this to uh, the faithful church at Ephesus. Okay? Not only believers, but believers who are actually active and doing stuff. And he says, hey, I'm even telling you the gospel message. Because the gospel message is important. For us to remember in our daily lives, for us to share with other people. It's very, very important. So let's remember that. Let's remember who we are enough that we can be pointed to God's grace and how great He is and the gifts that He gives us that we don't deserve. Does that make sense, everybody? Thanks again for joining us for True to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. If you enjoyed this lesson, make sure you subscribe so you can hear the rest of the lessons on True to the Bible podcast. And if you have any questions, Regarding this lesson or any of the other lessons, make sure you contact us at hunter.davis at stillwaterbible.org. Thanks again for joining us.